a real enlightened person is someone who faces the light and the dark. Good morning. Hey guys. Welcome back to the Arcane Dames podcast. Today we are talking about the judgment card and we are so excited to be here only a week after recording our last episode. Hell yeah. We are amping up that schedule to make some more content and maybe get through these cards a little bit quicker. Right. (laughs) There are 78, so buckle in. Absolutely. So starting with judgment today, maybe let's just start a little bit with the classic meaning of the card and what you usually associate with it. Yeah, give me your initial thoughts, your first impression when this card comes out. My first impression when the judgment card comes out is usually thinking about, and it might be honestly a little bit different than how most people interpret it but I usually think about it being associated with a calling um or this awakening idea so a very I see it as a very spiritual card and I see it very much as someone being called to align with their path um something that's going to be really fulfilling for them and something that's really like associated with their life's purpose That's amazing. I think that makes a lot of sense being that it is card number 20. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's which means it's almost at the completion of the major arcana. So you're kind of getting to that point where you have your taste of success and then you're ready to do it all again, you know? So I think that's great. For me, I am really reminded of justice. Mm -hmm. Like whenever judgment comes out in my head, the justice card is the consideration or desire like being born. And then the judgment card is like, you made it there. Does that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know. I just, I link the two for some reason. The concept of justice as a whole reminds me of Judgment Day because I did also grow up Catholic. Yes. And it brings up that idea of morality, right and wrong. Mm -hmm. Sinning. Yeah. (laughs) So um, that for me might also be where it comes from a little bit. I see justice and judgment as being very linked. I think that they're two cards that both talk about this idea of being, I guess, like held accountable for who you are and like what you've done. It talks about this idea of making sure that there is fairness or just like consequences to your actions. Absolutely. Justice, it has this like law and order association. Yeah. And then judgment has this much heavier kind of spiritual divine judgment association. Right, exactly. Like we're talking about heaven and hell. Yeah. And you know, those kind of concepts. And actually something that's interesting, so I pulled out my rider weight. So it says the last judgment, change of position, renewal, outcome, or sentencing. So sentencing reminds me of justice. Right. But that they have that listed as the reversed. Wow. Weird. That's right? really very different from how I, I see operationally it. use the judgment card. Totally. 
to kind of know a little bit of the background of like where these cards came from and how they came to be there are deeply christian roots yes in the tarot and in the development of the tarot um especially the rider weight where so much is based off of that because the person who created this deck was raised christian and i don't think by the time he made the deck he considered himself christian anymore but these ideas are so deeply rooted in the deck we have the devil we Mm -hmm. have judgment with these super overt um nods to judgment day which is a super christian thing and i do think that it's interesting for those of us who turn to tarot while we're in the process of deconstructing christianity because we're we're almost turning to it as a alternate to christianity which we may have found quite oppressive and then we're kind of still interacting with these very christian themes it's so true and that's very true for a lot of um witchcraft in general Mm -hmm. paganism especially but it's funny how you know my experience for example going to catholic roman catholic church and ccd instruction growing up Mm. i just have memories of lighting candles for loved ones who have passed and what is that if not witchcraft absolutely (laughs) for example absolutely it's the little things like that where you start to draw connections and i think that also can lead into a greater conversation about decolonization and talking about being aware of the harmful ideals and the norms that shouldn't be norms that we're all guilty of as white spiritual practitioners absolutely i think it's super important too and something i've been taking more seriously lately now that i'm practicing tarot in a professional way and also putting myself out there like this as some type of authority in a field i think it's really important for me to know about the history of tarot and the history of appropriation and Mm. oppression that Mm. is inextricable from this medium that we use to communicate with the divine and i love the tarot and i'm so grateful for it and i have no interest in throwing it away because i just think that it's so useful and so many people have found not just utility but also like empowerment through it and there are so many different decks that are interpreted in different ways that are really radical and so for that reason i do think it's a tool that can be radical but also if you look into the history of the tarot being created there's a lot of specifically Mm anti-semitism and there's a lot of misappropriation of jewish mysticism and the way that that is intertwined with the tarot like it can't be separated and so yeah so there's a lot to understand there while you're also maybe just getting into something Mm -hmm. and kind of just trying to understand the cards on a very surface level as well yeah yeah the best thing you can do is one acknowledge and then two educate and understand Mm -hmm. and the same goes for 
yoga, for example, if you go into it with an educated mind and with an understanding and deep respect for what you're partaking in, that's the best you can do. And that's the right way to go. Absolutely. And always, you know, uplifting the voices of marginalized people and just really making sure that you're in conversation with other people and not shutting doors out of your own discomfort Mm -hmm. and white guilt yeah oh 100% (laughs) but yeah with the judgment cards specifically having this really heavy kind of catholic christian imagery and association with judgment day you know do you ever feel like there's a piece of this card that feels a little uncomfortable and maybe even like brings you back to those christian ideals where you're feeling a little bit i guess just oppressed by the gravity of being like it's judgment day heaven or hell own up to your sins or do you see this card in a different way that you find more empowering a little bit of both i it's almost like a trigger when i have to face this imagery and to touch on the imagery for a second i think it's interesting how judgment is almost always an angel quote unquote you know like a winged being in a cloud sounding a trumpet the people on the ground below are rising from graves and they seem like desperate pleading arms extended type of thing it just seems very like I don't know, desperation is a feeling that I associate with Catholicism. Mm -hmm. And that's what I get from this card. Mm -hmm. And I remember as a child praying, right? And seeing my family pray. And it was always out of absolute hardship and lack and fear. Mm -hmm. And you're just begging and riding on those prayers like being answered. Mm -hmm versus me now empowered and having found my beliefs in myself spiritually doing spell work which i only bring up because people compare prayer and spell work a lot Mm -hmm. but it's nothing like that because i'm not begging to any nameless source i'm not you know the power is within me and i'm affecting change right and there's this there's this confidence yeah and this kind of belief in yourself yeah that's not especially related to judgment where it's like shows these people kind of giving their power away to some higher authority yeah and saying you're going to be my savior and very much granting that power to something external to them Mm -hmm. whereas i i do think that you know i see my tarot as being for primarily empowerment and liberation right and i don't really ever coach anyone to give their power away to another person or being in that sense so that's not an aspect of the card that i use at all in my reading exactly and i wouldn't say it's one that i use either it's like a conflict that comes up deep emotionally for me right and um i actually had another passage i wanted to read are you a fan of the deviant moon tarot or familiar with it oh i'm i'm familiar with it just because i think we sell it i um i don't i love the artwork i don't have the deck but i was reading the book yesterday and it described the classic rider weight themed imagery in a really interesting way that i think lends itself to this conversation yeah. 
In a flash of brilliant light, a dark cloud reveals the angel of judgment over the morning sky. Crafted out of tombstones, his wings are a reassuring metaphor, showing that death frees the spirit so it can fly off to a higher plane. Behind the angel's golden crown, we see the arc of a distant rainbow, giving all a glimpse into the blissful world beyond the grave. With a mighty blast from his trumpet, he awakens the dead from their dreamless sleep. Three corpses rise out of a decrepit tomb, brought back to life by the mysterious sound of an ethereal calling. The first corpse guards her infant from this divine apparition. In life, she had become fearful of the spirit realm and anything she was unable to see with her own eyes. In death, she continues to cling to her misgivings, unconvinced by the glorious vision she now beholds. The second corpse smacks his forehead in profound realization, his mind a witness to the miracle before him. Throughout life, he had denied the existence of a spiritual plane, explaining it away with logic and empirical evidence. This morning, the universe has revealed its truths before him, yet he turns his head the other way. He prefers to slump back into his hole rather than see his mistaken beliefs disproved. The third cadaver spent his days on earth committing crimes against his fellow citizens. He was heartless and cruel, never caring for anything but his own gain. Ironically, he begs the angelic deity for the compassion he never practiced himself. His attempts are in vain, however, for he cannot bargain his way into redemption. Wow. Yeah. So that brought up even more for me as far as I was raised from the time I was young as five years old to be afraid of my soul going into purgatory Mm -hmm. and I was convinced that I had sinned too much and going to confession wouldn't wash it away enough and that my soul would go to purgatory and I would have to like prove myself to be released to heaven yeah and that's what that reminded me of it's very heavy on this idea of worthiness Mm -hmm. and being worthy enough to experience certain things in spirituality which I don't know like I guess I appreciate the pieces of it where it's speaking about this idea of people not wanting to acknowledge that there's a spiritual side of life and kind of choosing to turn away from it because I think that that's always a piece of it and if you're not willing to engage with spirituality then you're not going to benefit from it Mm -hmm. And so that's not a matter of worthiness. And that's Mm. not a matter of somebody else, like, taking that experience away from you. That's Mm -hmm. about you yourself refusing to give yourself that experience. Right. But when it comes to having to beg someone for redemption, Mm -hmm. that's not something I believe in. No. No. And... That leads really well into how I actually feel about the card. So I'm sorry if I'm like jumping ahead. No, this is phenomenal. Switching to that. But for me, when this card comes out, it's a sign to confront my faults. It's a sign that I'm changing for the better if I take accountability. To me, the biggest key word here is accountability. Because I'm not living by Jesus's commandments or something like that. I have to live with myself. Mm -hmm. So it's like, can I sleep at night with Mm -hmm. the things I've done, you know? And it's owning up to my mistakes, which helps me find my purpose and my journey in life. And I I made a note here, which I took from my personal tarot journal, because I keep a log of every single reading I do. And the last time I drew this card for myself... I also had justice in the spread. So I 
wrote a note relating them in that particular spread by saying justice card equals wanting the fairness and judgment equals earning it Ooh. yeah because in my opinion it's like yes you are worthy but at the same time you're not blindly handed benefits you still earn them the Absolutely. same way you earn respect mm-hmm. like you're not being given the good things in your life for no reason mm-hmm. you still have worked for them and there is still merit to that Absolutely. but that can be true well it's also true that I deserve them and that you know I'm not unworthy if I don't work hard right it's like it's it's conflicting truths that both exist at the same time and you said it last episode there's lots of contradictions and you have to hold space for each of them so when I get judgment for myself that's how I see it and when I pull it for a client it's pretty much always like who do you want to be Like, why are you playing by somebody else's rules? What are your rules? And how are you going to follow them? Yeah. I think it brings up to a greater conversation around mental health. I think that when you get the judgment card, it's sometimes a calling to respect your own boundaries and your own moral code and find what that means to you instead of just, you know, adopting to what your parents think adopting to what your I don't know peers say Mm -hmm. your partner it's very easy to go follow suit with the people you're surrounded by even if you can sit here and say to yourself I'm not like that like I'm a free thinker I march to the beat of my own drum you do it sometimes without even realizing it yeah you play by your partner's rules your co-workers rules even in the mundane small ways mm-hmm. so it's like this card flies out stop yourself hit the brakes think in your mind am i okay with this right do i feel at peace with this okay i do then i can continue doing it even if someone else doesn't like it exactly yeah kind of finding that inner confidence and trust so you don't rely so much mm-hmm. on the external yeah I feel like that relates really well, like that understanding relates really well to the idea of a spiritual awakening and the reconceptualization of this card as awakening by Lindsay Silverman. Yes. Um, in her intuitive night goddess tarot. And I kind of, I do often see this card as being about the idea of a spiritual awakening. Um for several reasons you know it being the 20th card means that it's very close to the end of a cycle and oftentimes the end of a cycle comes with these kind of big moments of realization where you're putting together the pieces of lessons that have been learned long learned and really pieces of your life up until this point that you're finally putting together Mm -hmm. and in that sense really connecting to your own like you were saying sense of what's best for you and what you want and who you are Mm -hmm. because oftentimes this idea of like a spiritual awakening is associated with taking a little bit of a different path Mm. and putting yourself out there in a little bit of a different way that other people might not understand or might not agree with but I think that we both 
have experiences with spirit like quote unquote spiritual awakenings um and i think we also both have like maybe some critiques of the concept in and of itself Mm -hmm. so i thought it might be cool for us to like talk a little bit about that concept totally in reference to the judgment card as well love it (laughs) go for it let me hear what you got so from my experience i do feel like I experienced a quintessential spiritual awakening in the way that many people in spirituality and the new age community would talk about it in the sense that I just had never focused on this side of life before. You know, I'm very different from Mel in that I didn't pick up a deck until I was 23 years old. Which is so cool because that's how old I am now. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And I just, I had never really thought about spirituality, never considered myself a spiritual person. And I just had this moment, which was more than a moment. It was probably, I mean, it's hard to give it a beginning and an end date, but probably a year of my life that I just really started to think about everything on a much larger scale and question why I was here and what my purpose was and what it all meant in a much more spiritual way and that was a very turbulent time of my life because it brought up a lot of fear about just the unknown Mm -hmm. and all of the things that were out of my control and kind of confronting I think that there had always been an underlying fear for me of not knowing everything and not understanding everything, but as somebody who was always really hardworking in school in particular, I think that I combated that fear by being like, okay, great, I'll just learn everything, and then it won't be scary because I can just learn it all, (laughs) Um, and kind of realizing for the first time that that wasn't possible and also like wasn't even really desirable right and kind of like reckoning with all of that but it also for me led to a not great mental state I mean it started with a not great mental state let's be honest right (laughs) I was struggling really hard with depression but it led to me experiencing a lot of fear and even paranoia Um, And having an experience where I ended up spending some time in a psych hospital, kind of just recovering from all of that. And yeah, it it was it was a wild part of my life. It was something I never experienced. I never expected to happen. Mm. Um, And I do think that a lot of the conversations that I was seeing about spiritual awakenings online contributed to how out of control I felt at the time if that makes sense it does because I feel like I would see things where you know quote-unquote spiritual experts and teachers were talking about all of these things that you needed to do and all of these meditations and how amazing it could be if you just meditated for 10 hours a day and then you would be spiritually awoken and then like all your problems would be gone and and that's not true it's not (laughs) and um it's not like a safe thing to tell people because I feel like it makes people think that 
if they just go hard enough, there's going to be an end point. And the reality is that when you're having an experience where you're waking up to spirituality, the most important thing you can do is slow down. Yeah. And ground yourself and just connect with your inner peace so you don't feel out of control. And I think that there's also a lot of conversations about this idea that only some people have spiritual awakenings and this idea that like you're special if you do chosen (laughs) yeah can be very again christian Mm -hmm. (laughs) and very frightening and isolating but also give you a little bit of a god complex which is dangerous for anyone who may be struggling with like something more similar to maybe antisocial personality disorder or schizophrenia it can be very dangerous to validate something that is a delusion and should be medically treated as such absolutely and that brings up for me you know there are people online who preach about hearing deities voices and it's like if you hear voices please check in with your doctor absolutely like to be very clear like and this comes up in the divination community right because we're readers which you and I are very adamant about calling ourselves what we are, tarot card readers. People do call us psychics. Yes. I don't know. We, I've never explicitly asked you how you feel about that, but that's the common term, right? These people are coming into our shops. We work at for a psychic reading. Right. And there's this misconception that we hear voices or, you know, see visions. Sorry about the traffic outside. <laughs> And I just want to be very clear that even if those are your talents where you're quote unquote seeing or hearing, it it's not a vision, it's not a voice, it's like, it's a message, and it's a knowing, and it's a, you know, you can be an active dreamer, perhaps, right. you can visual, like, get a beautiful visualization, which you unlock through meditation, that is not the same as having a delusion that could be a serious sign of mental illness. Absolutely. And these new age professionals, <laughs> and, and these people online, promote that dangerous ideal that there is no separation between the two absolutely and that you know you don't need medical help and you don't need mental health care and you should stop taking your meds that's another side of it too yeah horrifying yep and raise your vibe and you can only do that by eliminating all substances including the ones that are prescribed to you to live a healthy life truly like yeah it's it's it can get very scary and you know yeah i mean the look on Alyssa's face right now is like holy fuck we can dive so deep into this <laughs> and it's true like what oh god what i'm thinking of now too is do you know how fucking white privileged it is to say raise your vibe by eliminating all substances because do you know how many well first of all there's people who struggle with addiction and that doesn't mean they're any less worthy second of all do you know how many cultural practices thrive and rely on offerings of liquor Mm -hmm. um sacred plant medicine through cannabis Mm -hmm. like that doesn't mean your vibe is low right it doesn't absolutely it does not 
make you any less in any way if you drink or smoke. And it's right, it's all part of this range of experience where I do feel like a big part of this new age rhetoric is convincing people that they need to transcend the human experience that we're having. Reach 5D. Which absolutely relates to this awakening and this judgment card, right? This idea of transcending. Yeah. And that's not what we're here to do. No. Why would you be a soul having a human experience just to try to transcend it? Right. You are here to be fully human. And you are here to experience every piece of that. Mm -hmm. Which includes having a drink with your friends every once in a while or doing things that so many new ages would consider low vibrational mm-hmm. have your moments mm-hmm. have all of your moments mm-hmm. the entire range of moments and you probably will have some pieces of your spiritual experiences feel very transcendent and have moments where you're feeling really connected to the world and to everyone around you and seeing things from a bigger perspective where you can just see the beauty in all of it even though things are difficult and messed up in a lot of ways but the goal is not to live there the goal is to live here and keep that knowledge in your mind so you can work toward making it a reality exactly and I think what makes you the most spiritual is being grounded and fully present in all of those experiences and learning how to navigate this incarnation of your soul and exploring the world in such a way that again you take accountability for your mistakes and you celebrate your victories and you have downfalls because you are human and that also brings up the conversation of spiritual bypassing because if you pretend that you're an enlightened being who cannot possibly ever be involved with drama or you know anything negative that's just not taking accountability absolutely it's just not true all of us are capable of doing bad things all of us are capable of screwing up and that's just life what separates a good person and a bad person if you really need to put it in those black and white terms is if you can truly apologize and learn from those moments those tough moments for sure not avoid them completely because that's just not that's just not real no for sure it's not real it's it's not real and it's (laughs) not helping anyone yeah it's not helping you grow and it's not helping anyone around you yeah grow a real enlightened person is someone who faces the light and the dark Mm -hmm. which i'm sure we'll have plenty of time to talk about shadow work in upcoming episodes oh absolutely (laughs) and what it looks like to kind of dive into the darker side of things yeah yeah and um i'll go ahead and share my you know little spiritual awakening story too yes please so i have had two spiritual awakenings in my lifetime and the first one was what started me and what led to me becoming a practicing witch and picking up my first tarot deck so i was 13 at the time it happened early for me and i was going through a really terrible time in my life similar to you which you will find that a lot 
with when people find spirituality and that's why the conversation here about mental health is important so i was 13 i was in the closet (laughs) and i was dating a boy and i was in an abusive relationship with him and at the same time i was going through abuse at home and also didn't have very many friends or like resources family that could help me or weren't like contributing to that situation so i was in a very dark seriously dangerous place and which i mentioned a little bit in our intro episode i had heard of and started reading about witchcraft on tumblr mainly and like had a couple books but i i really didn't know much i didn't know much besides use some garden sage to cleanse your house and i maybe had three crystals to my name (laughs) but for me i went on vacation to new orleans and It was a family vacation and it's very um scary to travel with anyone who's abusive because you're away from your home and especially being a child underage like you can't really get away from them you can't book another room or Mm -hmm. right so i'm stuck states away with my family and just trying to like compartmentalize and get through the trip and make it home in one piece and I was spending time on Bourbon Street doing my own thing and diving into that side of Louisiana because obviously the rest of my family wasn't interested in that I walked into Hex and I felt hope in a way that um Catholicism never gave me and that I was always searching for with Catholicism and i said this before i would pray for help and pray for a safe home and pray for most of the time just safety and it never came (laughs) and you know people joke about this a lot and i can joke about it now too but it's like i called for god he didn't pick up like he wasn't there like and it's funny to say now but at the time when i still really wanted to believe and really needed help and the only thing for me was divine intervention and it didn't come that was horrifying yeah but i felt that it was there for me when i walked into that shop and i saw their altar and i was there in november so it was right after Samhain, and they had an altar set up dedicated to ancestors so i'm assuming the people that worked at the store brought pictures of their past relatives and but you were also customers were open to leave their own offerings photos petitions like there was pen and paper for you to write and i just stood at this altar and i could be moved to tears just going through this memory i stood at the altar and i was like this means something you know i'm in the driver's seat and i can reach spirit whatever that may be because at the time i didn't know what that looked like for me am i still going to believe in god am i going to believe in a different god am i just going to believe in myself like i didn't know what that meant but i knew that there was something left to believe in and i walked out of that same shop 15 20 minutes later a different person and from that day i've been who i am now which may sound silly but that was very real for me that is the most amazing story (laughs) i'm like i have chills (laughs) i actually don't think i've ever said that out loud to anyone before that was wonderful i'm so glad we got to hear that yeah thank you (laughs) 
And um, yeah, so that was really important and that allowed me to survive an extremely difficult time. And I'm so glad I found it when I did. Mm-hmm. And what I would call my second spiritual awakening happened at the end of 2020, beginning of 2021. And I touched on what was going on in my life at that time last episode, which was my seven-year relationship was ending, and this was the girl I thought I was going to marry. She left me for my childhood best friend. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. And it cut extra deep because with the story I just told, I truly didn't have a lot of friends. This was the only friend I had sustained. I met her when I was 12 into adulthood. I think I met her when I was 12. So literally from childhood into adulthood, that was like the only friend that I had that stuck around. It must have just felt like losing everything. It did feel like losing everything because I also lived with them. Oh my God. Both of them? mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy shit. And um, in the seven years of our relationship, I had lived with my partner for four of those years. So, it, so like family. It was, it was family. Like, I come from an abusive home. So that partner gave me a family through theirs. And I was extremely close with their parents. Mm-hmm. Her, her parents, her brother, everything. Her friend. That was my world because yeah. I didn't have one of my own. Mm-hmm. So everything that I defined as home, everything that I defined as family, and the few people I could call friends were taken away from me in one fell swoop. Mm-hmm. So, like, <laughs> I didn't really, like, plan on surviving that. And I felt like that was the second time in my life where I was like called to reconnect with myself and you could totally leave this in (laughs) I believe that crying is so healthy and like it's just a release hopefully you can understand me okay but um, (laughs) the only thing that was gonna get me through that was coming home to myself because there was no external home anymore so it was all I had Mm -hmm. so I had to dive really deep back into that and that was my only option yeah and that's what I did and it was time to heal and it was time to realize that I was clinging on to things that I really did not need I was just taught that I needed them and I still had so much to break down from the trauma in my past yeah and I was inflicting new trauma on myself by following pathways that were carved out for me that I knew deep down were not right for me but I had strayed so far from my own intuition that I led myself down the wrong road I didn't just trust my gut and that's why I was in that place I knew that things were wrong I knew that these people weren't going to be in my life forever at least not in the way that they originally were and I knew that it was time for me to go and for me to separate myself from that darkness yeah and I got really good again about meditating every single day and I was in ritual every single day and I think it's unrealistic to perpetuate that you should do a spell every day because you're not always going to have something to do a working or, or a casting for 
that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying every single day I was sitting at my altar. I was speaking to my personal relatives that have passed on. I was speaking to, I often lovingly refer to it as spirit, just like this higher knowledge. Like if I had to say I have a God, quote unquote, that would be my God. My higher power feels just like the universe. I trust that something's there and things are happening because they're meant to and I'm aligning to the version of things that are meant to happen yes and I spent so much time just sitting there having these conversations with myself and these conversations about divinity and about how I can be the best person possible how I can like give myself the best chance possible at recovering yeah from that hurt and from that heartbreak and I did it and like it wasn't easy and there were so many days that I genuinely didn't think I was gonna make it I I feel like I'm not being eloquent right now because it's just so emotional and like heavy but if that makes sense and if I'm not repeating myself too bad it took work and it took looking at my own faults and in a very honest way not in a self-pitying way Mm. I couldn't sit there and say well they left you because you weren't good enough and blah 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 no those people left me because my path is getting cleared for where I'm really supposed to be absolutely it had nothing to do with my worthiness and whatever it had to do with them I'm not concerned with Mm -hmm. I needed to advocate for myself and recognize my faults and recognize how having those people was a crutch for me and let me continue to live in a victim-like role. Yeah. And especially when you start dating somebody so young, I started dating her while I was still an abused child. So I carried that view of the world into our relationship. Mm-hmm. And they were too entwined at that point. I believed that I needed to lose the relationship in order to see that the world is not as dangerous of a place as I was treating it. And the world can be beautiful. Right. And I can be safe. And it is possible for people to not be out to get me. And it is possible to trust. Yes. And if I didn't meet new people and trust myself enough to love again and make new connections, I don't think I ever would have understood that. Yeah. So it took a lot of work, but that's like why I am where I am now. I think that what you just described is the epitome of judgment card energy. Yes. Like talking about letting go of everything superficial something we forgot to mention or maybe we did but when we were describing the judgment card imagery is the people rising from the graves are always naked and so there's this association of anything that's not authentic falling to the wayside and this association of vulnerability and just being like your truest self Mm -hmm. and so much of what the judgment card speaks of is letting go of coping mechanisms and just things that aren't serving you things that are being held on to 
to make you feel safe that you believe that you need that you don't need that are standing between you and your calling mm-hmm. and fulfilling your purpose and being who you're really meant to be and I honestly I think that the story you just told really just like ties all of those ideas together so wonderfully yeah I really felt like if I'm gonna say it at all this is the episode because that's what this card means to me it is a personal fucking reckoning yes it's like and my favorite keywords you hit the nail on the head vulnerability and accountability yes strip it down own up to your shit move on yeah that's what this is and like right and like be who you're meant to be yeah yeah get away from everything that is making a caricature out of you yeah I felt like that for a long time I felt like I was a caricature of myself because you know I fucking real yeah like I had this raw awakening at 13 and it took until I was 21 to like realize that I had strayed from that realness and that truth like so much had happened during that time for me and it was so transformative that I was just like living life on autopilot Mm -hmm. yeah and that's not what I was meant to do I absolutely that is like such a clear depiction of the card for me and it also makes me think of this card's association with Pluto energy Mm -hmm. because Pluto is the planet of um it's a planet of death and rebirth it's a planet of transformation in the sense that it wipes out anything superficial and I love that you said autopilot because that's really what it does is like this planet is the planet that like comes through like when it comes through um astrologically speaking it comes through and exposes Mm. things that are superficial or corrupt or inauthentic and makes us again reckon with the reality of that and how we want to move forward and how we can move forward in a more authentic way Pluto is such a cool and powerful planet. It's associated with the sign of Scorpio, which is why it has these... Yeah, it's it's the ruler of Scorpio, so it's why it has these associations with death and rebirth. And if you're thinking about, like, a Pluto return, astrologically speaking, which is the time that... It's not in a person's chart because people don't live long enough to have a Pluto return, (laughs) but it, it could be in, like, a lot of people do it for, like, the United States having a Pluto return. You know what? I have seen that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really supposed to be associated with corruption being exposed and the death of a lot of just things that aren't serving us anymore. And so that's what the judgment card is on a broader level and also on a very personal level when it comes up in tarot in our own lives. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you for that. I I mean, that puts me very vividly into the deck you have here where judgment is reimagined as awakening Mm -hmm. because it's literally snap out of it, wake the fuck up. Yes. Yes. Quite literally. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We got deep with judgment. Beautiful. I feel good. I feel like this is what I love about tarot. This is what I love about spirituality. And this is the reason we're sitting here. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I love it. There's love so it. much, and that I I love the juxtaposition of going from a nine of cups to a judgment as well. Yeah, because right off the bat, if you're just starting this podcast, you're seeing the way that tarot can flow from things that are super fun and silly and surface level to the absolute depths of your trauma and pain and just speak to all of these diverse aspects of life Mm -hmm. in a way that really just helps you connect the dots and be better and you know what that's what humanity is and if you look at the themes of the tarot that's why spiritual bypassing and saying you know i'm above these jovial things is not that's not good that's not not real it's not what you should be doing (laughs) there are moments and pockets of joy celebration we mentioned this last episode but three of cups go out and party yes stuff like that and then there's hmm okay let's talk about your human psyche (laughs) like yeah it's both we are both and duality and polarity are some of the main core themes of any route of spirituality. So hold space for both. You can be both and still be connected to your divinity. In fact, that's what connects you to your divinity, is your ability to fluctuate on that spectrum. Right. You're not going to feel aligned unless you're letting all of that in and seeing all of that for exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. Good, bad, ugly, traumatic, exciting, shit. (laughs) That's what it's all about. Hell yeah. Beautiful. Very beautiful. (laughs) So do you want to talk about the card in reverse? Let's do it. Yeah. You mentioned you did read one of your reverse meetings. Yeah. That one I read was printed in the Rider Waite guidebook and I don't agree with it. I don't really see that. For me, again, a lot of times when I get a reversal, it's the same meaning as upright, but in the negative. So for me, the meaning doesn't change much here, but it's just the fact that, again, let's connect it to God's wrath, okay? It can be beautiful and it can be terrifying, depending on what kind of person you've been. That's true. So tailor that to your own self, your own morals, judgment upright can be an exciting card for you judgment reversed can be a terrifying card for you if you don't like the person that you've been that's so true if you think it's almost like what kind of karma do you think you have coming your way that's what it is for me it calls you to judge yourself Mm -hmm. it calls you to dive in and do shadow work and take right i'm sorry i keep saying accountability but it is accountability yeah absolutely so i that's very different from how i interpret it tell me because for me judgment in reverse is almost always a situation where somebody is getting every sign from the universe that it's time for them to have this judgment moment this awakening moment and align with their more authentic self their purpose they may even be feeling called to pursue something very specific or just make little changes that are gonna unbeknownst to them lead to something much bigger Mm -hmm. and just absolutely ignoring it Mm. just absolutely seeing these signs and feeling this inner call and just being like no i'm not gonna do that right not today out of you know fear or yeah fear of the unknown especially and just kind of wanting to like stay in this safe 
space of doing what you know and what you're comfortable with even though you're probably you know a concept that we talked about in our last episode you're probably wanting change you're probably asking for better things in your life but standing in your own way by not being willing to follow the path that you know on a soul level is exactly what you're being called to do Mm -hmm. that is similar though to the rider weight meaning in the sense of cowardly and weak almost oh interesting like you are being a coward when it comes to autonomy over your own choices right right that's true and right being willing to jump into something much more authentic you're kind of you're shying away from Mm -hmm. that that's that's a good point and it connects our meanings too because in the sense of how i see it reversed you're a coward if you don't own up to your own shit that's true so that kind of links us which is interesting i like that yeah it's interesting i feel like judgment is one of those cards that i haven't really upright i've had a little bit more of a nuanced understanding in reverse i haven't really dived too far into what else it could mean but this conversation has given me so much more depth to my understanding of judgment and i'm super excited to have it show up in readings and see how else it can resonate i guess given all of this information and this new context that I have because I feel like this put a lot of pieces together for me. Yeah. I I think it's really enriching our conversation we just had because honestly now I'm thinking too, if this shows up reversed for somebody, that could potentially be their own Catholic guilt. Yeah. As a lesbian tarot reader, I do get a lot of queer clients flocking to me because they feel safe and seen I'm assuming Mm -hmm. and which is definitely what I try to push I mean I love that I worked the Albany Twilight Market for Pride Month and that was like those were some of the best clients I ever had ever I could see this coming up in a reading for someone who's dealing with like internalized homophobia yeah you know absolutely and that relates to yeah how I feel about it because it's like ignoring this call to be your authentic self and kind of just pushing that down Mm -hmm. because you're not ready to confront everything that Mm -hmm. it comes with creating another image yeah and putting that out there Mm -hmm. that's who you are one that's more real and more bare or naked yeah to like relate to the imagery of judgment yes yeah whoa this this was a really fun one yeah this is awesome last (laughs) week we talk about sex this week we talk about trauma catholic guilt we cry literally (laughs) this i know i'm like the tagline for this episode is gonna be like go deep with us yeah (laughs) i love it holy shit we went there that's really cool amazing so let's let's find out what we're doing next i love it do you have anything you're hoping for no honestly i feel like the universe has been doing a phenomenal job of choosing i know i don't want to like mess with the flow that we got literally maybe like a different suit so we can talk about any of them (laughs) my hands are like sticky i'm like nervous (laughs) your hands are so tiny like i don't know how leave me alone i don't know how you are a professional tarot card reader with those little hands barely that's the answer the answer is barely (laughs) i like like look at that i can barely shuffle (laughs) and that's like not even a big deck no 
I have short hands. Like, guys, um, this morning I was cooking breakfast and I set off the the smoke alarm and I was too short to rip it out of the wall. So even on a step stool. So thank God Alyssa was here because I was like, take that fucking thing out. <laughs> and that's that's what friendship's all about. It honestly. is. Must be nice to have normal sized hands. It's super nice. I've never, <laughs> I never knew that I needed to be grateful. Well, <laughs> for my hand size, but you always learn I something sure new. Uh, Two of Pentacles. Okay, I love it. It's fun. That's a good one. We got a new suit. Yes, I love so it. we'll be we'll be diving into Pentacles, yeah, and specifically the Two of Pentacles next week. Now that we're officially weekly, yeah. So we were still kind of undecided about our schedule last time, but let this serve as your announcement. You'll hear from us every Tuesday as of right now. Yes, awesome. And we're super excited. Yeah, can't wait to have you guys tune in. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns criticisms <laughs> musings yes dm us yeah dm us on our socials mm-hmm. mel of wands everywhere and cooperative underscore magic on instagram cooperative magic no underscore on tiktok all right i all think right. that's about it have a great week we'll see you next tuesday Bye-bye. bye bye